Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 4, Episode 22. I am your host, Carmel Hats, and with me, as always, they is Red that, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, Damn I it, t- with the bad I timing. That, I timed that incorrectly. <sighs> I thought we had the sync set. No, fine. No, it's sorry, just sorry. bad timing. Ha! Sorry. You see, it's a joke because the episode is called Bad Time. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hi. <laughs> yeah, this is Bad Timing Season 4, Episode 22, which the uh, more astute uh, listeners among you will know. This is it. This is the final episode of Season 4. Yep. We're not done with the podcast. We still have Peacekeeper Wars to go after this episode. But this does feel like this is an ending of sorts. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, for a while, this was the end of Farscape until the fan campaign basically brought it back as Peacekeeper Wars. This was the final episode until then. It feels like one in a way. Yeah, it definitely feels like... it. Well, yeah, it, it, regardless of it being the final episode broadcast on TV, it would also be, you know, a season finale. So, you know, it has that final feeling to it Mm -hmm. even though uh when they were making this episode you know during production they were expecting a season five so there are a few things that they set up in this episode that they would have dealt with later on but that they don't get to and may or may not come up in peacekeeper wars it depends okay we will see when we get to that in a number of weeks time and just a heads up at the beginning of the episode we will be taking a break uh, we'll be taking one week break yep. just to you know refresh ourselves before doing Peacekeeper Wars. And so next week there won't be an episode. And then the week after we'll be back at it with Peacekeeper Wars. Home so, stretch. Yeah, we're on. We're very much the home stretch. This is the last of we, we don't know right now if this is the penultimate episode, the last but two, the last but three. We'll find out. I mean, we're not doing Peacekeeper Wars in one episode. <laughs> that's let's probably be true, actually. Yeah, that's that's fair. So yeah, let's get into uh, bad timing. Uh, we've put it off long enough. Mm-hmm. So we start out with okay. I, I actually really like this. Yeah, me too. We start out with previously on Farscape. Everything. Yeah, of the previously on Farscapes, this is the most previously. <laughs> That's not a sentence that really makes sense. But what it is is actually, I looked this up. This is four frames. From every episode up till now. Seriously? Yes. Every single episode. In order? Yes, in order. 87 episodes. And it's four frames from each of them. Damn. It opens with the very first shot of the very first episode. Which was, oh god, it was John, you know, at his car looking at a space shuttle about to go up. Mm -hmm. On a beach. And god, that I, I was not expecting this. To be honest, I was expecting previously on Farscape from the last like three episodes or something. Mm-hmm. And it cycled through it and it's just like, having done this podcast now for like over a year and a half and feeling like, you know, feeling like, well, this is the end. It's kind of a weird thing. Seeing that all come back was like, it, it got me when I wasn't expecting it. I was like, ah, oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah, that, that did all happen. And we talked about all of it. And all now here's it. another bit. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And that's why I've prepared now. <laughs> i'm not (laughs) at the point of recording i haven't edited this but i am not doing that for the podcast (laughs) also because it would just be (laughs) but the point is i was a big i actually was a big fan of this and it was kind of emotional for me watching it i was like oh shit that did all of that happened it was like right this is all of it all of Mm. it it didn't yeah. hit me that hard. I think later on that happened, but mm, mm. 
Yeah, there are some emotional heavy beats in this episode, you know. As a season finale should, I feel. So, yeah, we do previously on Farscape, and I believe it's John doing that bit, where he says previously on. Yes. And so once that is over, once we've cycled through every episode, rather than and now, he says, and finally on Farscape. Oh... So they knew about it in post-production that it was the last episode. By the time they were editing and, you know, putting the episode out, it was when they were filming it, they still thought they were getting season five. Remember we said, like, they found out it was cancelled when they were making Constellation of Doubt, and because of the way that, you know, the production order was, that was actually the last one. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember that. So with this episode, they were assuming a season five. And also, actually, up until release, uh, the original title was going to be No Turning Back. But then once they once they knew they were going to be cancelled, they changed the title to Bad Timing. <laughs> Which I can't help but feel is like a little bit of like a meta dig at the studio for cancelling them. Yes. Like, ba- yes. like we're not... Mm. <laughs> really? At this point you cancel us? Now? Yeah. So, yeah, but finally on Farscape, we cut in on Moya, and it's Aaron and John, and John is... Rip- relaying something that Scorpius said to him. Yeah, with flashbacks cut into it. Well, it's cut into, like, close-up of Scorpius's mouth, you know, talking at him. Hello, John. Ah, get the personal yeah, space, yeah, Scorpius. Yeah. Personal space. Yeah. But uh, he basically he said, like, Scorpius is saying to John, like, his infantile obsession with betrayal is misplaced. Yeah, especially after Scorpius apparently called Bracas, like, yeah, no, we're here. Yeah, and Aaron says, like, wait, did Scorpius really say that? And John's like, yeah, yeah no, he did. And, uh... It repeats and we have a flash of Scorpius and he says, look past my actions towards my goal, our common goal. Basically, we're, we're, we're jumping in like in media res here because, yeah. you know, in the middle of something happening, Braca and the command carrier are following them. They're here. We actually see like through the forward view screen, we see the command carrier. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so like you said, Scorpius called Braca and they're now proposing, you know. Basically, what Scorpius proposes is, look, just... Ally yourself with the peacekeepers because we've t- picked up a transmission from the ruins of Katrazzi that they've sent Scarron ships to the wormhole heading to Earth. And uh, Braca has calmed them and is saying, like, if you attempt to starburst, we will shoot you down. And if Scorpius is harmed in any way, we will destroy you. Just so you know. And this has happened previously, so there, it's like, we come in in the media res, and through flashbacks, we get explained what happened before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We basically kind of, this happened off-screen, and we're being caught up, and it's like, you know, we're in the middle of it with the, with the command carrier, like, right there. And John doesn't really believe Scorpius, doesn't want to trust him. Aaron is, you know, asking, you know, did he really say that? Well, maybe we should, and she's maybe thinking maybe it's worth listening to. And also, like, if what he's saying is true, we should do something about this, because Earth is not prepared. Yeah, and uh, John's like, I said, no, he's betrayed us, that's all a lie. Aaron's like, well, no, but is it possible? Because it's, it's possible that they did intercept this message, and uh, the message showed Pennock, who was uh, Arkner's lover and aide and mm-hmm. assistant, being sent to the wormhole. And we have, like, flashbacks of Scorpius telling them this and saying, like, you know, Starleague will set course for the wormhole that leads to your home planet and they'll begin, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, because why are they suddenly so interested in Earth? And John says, well, we flash back to the scene in... I believe it was Research Group Part 2, it was uh, Hot to Katrazzi. Yeah, because John, like a throwaway line in that episode was John saying, like, 
Oh yeah, no, these uh, paradise flowers, yeah, they grow everywhere. I've seen them before. We mentioned that, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. What does that mean? And for one reason or another, the Scarens paid attention to that, mm-hmm. and they're like, huh, if these plants grow there, we definitely need to get a hold of Earth. With Katrazi destroyed and the plants there destroyed, this region of space is cut off from, the, from them because they don't have a good supply base for the flowers that keep them smart. Guess what? Earth is nearby through that w- relatively nearby thanks to the wormhole, so they do have a secondary location they could use. Yeah, so it's like, oh, good job, John. You kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, he didn't realize how important they were. No. So, yeah, he's like, ah, crap, we got to go. If this message is genuine, then, yeah, we have to stop them. Yeah. And Aaron is saying, like, if that's the case, then you should listen to what he's proposing. Listen to what Scorpius is proposing. Mm-hmm. John's still like, no. John's like, no. There is another option. Well, he's also saying, you know, Scorpius manipulated us. Everything he did is manipulation. And Aaron says, true, but still. What if they are, yeah. What are you going to do? John says, I should be able to close the wormhole. There's also a bit where he says, like, accuses Scorpius of being in on it. And he's like, no, I had nothing to do with this. But reality presents opportunity. Mm -hmm. Ally yourself with the peacekeepers so that they will protect Earth. They'll throw their weight behind Earth. Just ally your planet with the peacekeepers. It'll be fine. Yeah, of course, John is not okay with this. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. But he can destroy the wormhole. The knowledge is there. It's just not in the right order, is how he puts it. And Aaron says, what happens if the Scarens beat you there? To your family, to everybody. Then all the bad stuff happens. And then we have John remembers Scorpius saying, like, you have nothing to fear from this commitment. And John says, either way, whatever I do, it's a big commitment. Either he commits the entire species to the peacekeepers, basically selling out humanity, or he locks the door to Earth permanently. And Aaron says, like, so you're afraid of commitment. And then... And then we find out that this whole thing was also a flashback. Because it cuts to John and Dargo walking down the corridor, and Dargo says, Wait, did she really say that? <laughs> I was like, Wait, hang on, whoa, uh, what? How many layers of flashback are you on, my dude? <laughs> I was just thinking in my head, and this just keeps going back up and up and up until yeah. you loop around to the beginning yeah. of the universe with a potted plant and a whale discussing the yeah. meaning of life. <laughs> but, like, Dargo says, like, Okay, no, did she really hesitate like that, or was that you telling that the story? What does it matter? And he says, Well, if she hesitated, then she knew that you were talking about her. And, and John's like, No, just shut up. It, it, no, it's fine. And then we cut to uh, Chiana and Aaron looking out of a uh, porthole. And Chiana's like, Wait, did you really say it like that? Like, say what? You know, that sentence. Like, was that the way you said it, or did you say it differently? And I was like, does it matter? Yeah, because if you said it like you said it just to me now, then he knows that you know. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. Like, thank you, Farscape, for not confusing me in the first five minutes uh... of this episode. So then we cut back to that flashback conversation between John and Aaron. Yes. And John says, no, no, now's not the time to take commitment with the peacekeepers. Earth isn't ready. Will Earth ever be ready? Maybe. One day? It's clear that they're both at this point know exactly that they're no longer talking about Earth. Well, they're talking about both things at the same time. I guess that's true. About Earth and about the two of them. Subtext, you see. Yeah, ha ha. And again, we cut back to Dargo. It's like, well, did you get out of it? And it's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Shut up. (laughs) And Aaron says, okay. Back in the conference, it's cutting back and forth. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. Aaron's like, okay, what do we do? John says, we hope, we hope that I can figure out how to destroy the wormhole. Otherwise, all the bad stuff happens and it's my fault. Yeah, it'll be all my fault. But Aaron says, well, uh, well, I'm with you. Yeah, she backs him up no matter what. At this point, 
they are in a relationship and they are a couple. Yes. So this isn't a will they won't. That, like, she's got his back. Yeah, no matter what he chooses, she's got his back. She's just laying out her opinion and being somebody he can talk to. It's like, yeah. are you sure? Have you thought this through? I don't want you to regret your the decisions later on. And so we cut now to Aaron and Chiana talking, and Chiana says, Oh, that's good. Always position yourself so that they have to come to you. Chiana, this is not about us. And it's like, sure, whatever. And then John <laughs> walks around the corridor, like, runs yeah. around the corner. It's like, ah, oh yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's got his spacesuit on. Because, as we find out, they have two very lovely people in the airlock, also in spacesuits. Specifically, Scorpius and Sokozu. Yes. So John and Dargo, you know, ask John, like, are you ready? He's like, yep, okay. John steps inside the airlock. He just reaches forward, plants another nuke on Scorpius. Well, yes, he's been building something like this, and he's like, uh, it's the same design as the one we saw before. Mm-hmm. This one has written on it, Dear John. So actually, a Dear John letter is a letter written to a man by his wife or romantic partner to inform them that their relationship is over because he's found another lover. <laughs> right? That's It was like a thing, like soldiers would send overseas so like he puts the dear john on the bomb to give to scorpius like our relationship is over (laughs) (laughs) take this nuke we're done yeah (laughs) and i love that after that dargo gets on the comms and says captain baraka we have strapped a nuclear bomb to scorpius and we're gonna toss him out of the airlock if you follow us or make any attempt to stop us the bomb will go off and it will kill him once we've left, the bomb will disable. That's our offer. Don't bother to respond. We're not listening anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and so there is a quick chat between the three of them uh, in the airlock. Scorpius is saying, we are natural allies, John. The Scarens will ravage your planet. I can prevent it. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and Sikosu says that there's a striker following and heading to the wormhole, which is a fast craft. Yeah, even with Starburst, they might not be able to beat it there. He actually specifically asks, how about Braca and Queen Mary? Can they get there first? No, they can't get there first either. So you're not going to beat them there. Also, the fact that he says Queen Mary made me remind, oh, right, John doesn't know yet that Grazer has been removed from duty. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so from the sounds of it, no one can get there before the Scarens. So his only option, Scorpius is basically saying, your only option is to ally with the Peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. So the Scarens won't attack, but John's having none of it. Says, but even, you know, infuriated, Starleek would be forced to, you know, stay his attack. Or, you know, if he did attack Earth, it would incur a war that he would be afraid of losing. And and then John's, uh, your timing is terrible, he says to Scorpio. And so then he sticks the bomb to Scorpio's chest. Also, Scorpio and Sokozu, they're both wearing spacesuits as well. And they put their helmets on. And I found this hilarious, because Sokozu has, like, a very large, like... A lot of curls, wide hair yes, curls. Yes, yes. And in one shot, you still see her with the curls. And in another shot, she has the helmet. You don't see any curls. I'm like, how did you get that in there so fast? It cuts away and it cuts back. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, they like smoothed it down, like with something. But like cutting it, just cuts back and she's got the helmet on. Like, oh, yeah, like, okay. Oh, how? Wait a minute. <laughs> and she says to John, it's like, you know, you, listen to him. Listen to Scorpius. You have to trust him. And John says... Yeah, that's not a good choice. Call us when you figure that out, you know. No, call up a 1-800 number once you figure that out. Yes, call up 1-800. For professional help. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, they lock down the the airlock in the maintenance bay, and then Dargo does his explanation. And then, finally, Scorpy says, like, what logic is there in resisting the Scarans without allies? Logic? John just doesn't say anything. 
and looks at Aaron. Aaron seals the airlock. And Scorpio's like, oh, I see. Reason has fled them all. <laughs> You're all insane. <laughs> How is that new Scorpius? Well, like, I, I remember when he was uh, earlier in the season where he's like, how have you survived so long? When he has to work with John and mm-hmm. see how crazy his plans are. I was like, how have you survived so long and beaten me so many times? You're all crazy. Because he doesn't realize that, you know, being the antagonist most of the time. Mm. Yeah, well, in this case, again, look, it's worked so far. But uh, he then says that, like, there's so much you misunderstand about me, John, and your actions are putting your world at risk. Yeah, 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 whatever. (laughs) Open airlock. No, okay, 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 okay. He says, like, I did this and I'll fix it. That's and true. And either way, I'll live with it, says John. Mm-hmm. And, but then, yeah, foom, 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 <laughs> open the Whee! airlock. What's funny is that John is in the airlock as well with his spacesuit, but he's attached a rope to his belt. Yeah, I think it's to make sure that they don't pull any trickery, like, sticking in there somehow. Uh, yes. And, yeah, so, like, Sokozu and Scorpius get sucked out into space. John, like, the, the rope goes tight, and he's, you know, hanging there. Yeah, and he watches them leave, and then they starburst out of there. As Sokozu goes flying away, she just says, Weak species! <laughs> I remember that, right? Which is the same thing that the unrealized reality version of Sokozu, who is a Scarron spy, said, remember? When mm. John was the peacekeeper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a callback. But yeah, they get the hell out of there. So, yeah. Now we cut into what's left of Katrazzi, actually. We have an establishing shot and Katrazzi looks in bad shape. Mm-hmm. We cut inside to the conference room. There's ruins, rubble everywhere. And uh, Akna and Starlik are walking through the rubble. And Akna's like questioning, like, why would you send a strike force to Earth just to get revenge against Crichton? Or, to, or is it to separate me from my lover because he sent Pennock? Mm-hmm. And Starlik says... Look, can you, for one moment, get over your own advancement and work with me? This is not how he's saying it, but I like this version. Yeah, yeah no, it's good. Work with me for the better of Scarron cause in general. We may be enemies, but we're both Scarrons. Yeah. Like, let's do that. But she says, no, you destroyed my father, and your political office and bounty of rank, was they were stolen. Of course, and your father stole it from somebody else. Come on, can you get over it for just a yeah. second? I was also expecting, like, you destroyed my father. It's like, no, I am your father. <laughs> no, but yeah. I don't think that the episode needed another no, bomb drop like that. But yeah, it's like, no, okay, yes, I, I did that. But then every that's how it works in Scarron culture. Yeah, can we get back to the point? But she says, no, that doesn't matter. The hierarchy will judge us both harshly. The Crystherium matriarch is gone. And this region of space is now locked off to us. And that's when he says, look, the reason I sent them to Earth is because this stuff grows there. And he hands her a, f- a-, a flower. And she looks down at it and looks up like, oh, what? What? Uh-huh. Somebody wasn't paying attention. Yeah, he picked up on that, but she did not. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's why they're sending them there. So, we now cut back to Moya, and John's in the maintenance bay doing some equations. He's got some bits of paper on the floor and hanging off stuff, trying to figure out how to destroy a wormhole. Dargo says, you know, it's not too late to call Scorpius, but if we starburst one more time, we'll be out of range. John's like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. I just need to focus and find the solution. And Dargo says, you know, maybe you should concentrate on your training that you did with Katoya. Katoya was a nut job. A fruit loop. A fruit loop. I'm sorry, a fruit That's loop. What he says. <laughs> and he's looking at the equations like, it's here. I can almost see it. It's almost there. And then Chiana comes in, squats down in front of him and is like, it's sex. 
what with you or with him it's like whatever it's like no sex will it'll reveal the thing it's like yeah no thanks Dara's like it doesn't work for everybody believe it or not Chiana (laughs) you know so she gets up and leaves and Daga says that uh Look, it's hard for me to say, but not all the peacekeepers are represented by Grazer's betrayal. Like, if you made a pact with Scorpius, he'd honor it and probably not enslave Earth. Oh, I thought he said, and then enslave Earth. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, I had a hard time hearing if there was a no or n- not. There was just, it was there. very faint, but like, Dargo's like, there's a decent chance that Scorpius would actually honor that promise. Yeah. Because it wouldn't really get him... Earth is useless. The only point for the peacekeepers is to, for them to make sure that they don't get Earth. Because that would advance the Scarens. Yeah, and John just says, yeah, thanks. And just Dargo, Dargo, like, walks out. And so John's looking over the equations and he's like, wait. Oh, god damn it! That's not a 12! That's not a not 12! 12. And, he, like, the, he, the paper is hanging on the wall and he just gets the big multi-barrowed yeah. F-off gun and just shoots it. And Stark is also there in the corner. Oh, yeah. Like, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. The entire scene, the entire scene, Stark is, like, crouched in a corner watching some of this. And it, like, cuts in on him occasionally. He's like, huh? Hmm? And, it, like, in the back, he's in the background of this entire scene and just doesn't do anything. But, yeah, and then we have a shot of the uh, the equations just on fire. Yeah. And so uh, then John actually gets on the comms with Pilot and says, why haven't we Starburst again? We should have done that by now. Pilot says, well, a striker has a very specific engine system that allows them to go a lot faster through space than normal. Me and Moya have an idea of how we might be able to beat them, forcing an extended starburst. Because normally they would need three additional starbursts to get the distance, and they would not get there in time. And so everyone's looking around like, what? what? An extended starburst? It's like, it's they haven't done it before, and it would be a big strain, but it's something they can try. Yeah, given the situation, it might be worth giving it a shot. And so they agree to it, and um, Pilot's like, right, initiating extra long Starburst now, and pushing the buttons, and Moya goes into Starburst. And once that, you know, effect shot of Moya entering Starburst is over, we see John walking through a corridor, and there's like a slight doubling effect, double yeah. exposure. And I was like, oh no, 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 don't do this for the whole journey. Yeah, it passes fairly quickly, and then oh. it's it's just like, shush, 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 and then it calms down, and we're okay. I was very happy that that stopped after a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and so, actually, John's gone into his room and is working on more, you know, equations and tinkering with things. And then Naranti comes in. Actually, Naranti was already there. She was in the background hiding at the oh, other right. door. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she basically says, like, oh, well... His extended starburst is uh, affecting everybody. Pilot's a bit woozy. Rigel's vomiting all the time. I guess that's not that different from normal. And Stark has passed out, which is good because that means he's now vomiting all the time. <laughs> John's like, all right, leave me alone. I'm, I'm working. Okay, fine. But here, chew this. It should alleviate the, the, the symptoms. And John's like, no, no, I'm just busy. Leave me alone. Last time we took something from you, things got bad. And then Aaron appears at the door and like kind of leans on it with her arms folded. Mm-hmm. And Naranti's still trying to talk to John. And Aaron just gives her a look. He's like, uh, Naranti, do you, can you... Uh... 
<laughs> yeah, and Durant's like, yes, yes, fine, fine. How how is uh, I can't remember what she asks she's Aaron like, about. Oh, how is how is it doing? And you know, I prescribe these, and she, Aaron just like pushes her out the door. Like just guys are a little bit away from the door and just pushes her away. It's like okay, okay, I can take a hint. Yeah, <laughs> and so Aaron sits down across from John and says, "I was looking for you in the maintenance bay, and I, I liked your solution to the equations. <laughs> yeah, like okay. the, the, the on fire. <laughs> yeah." John smiles about it. It's like, so, hey, um, you got any home remedies for writer's block? And she's like, hmm? It's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. I like what she says, because she says, I know you better than that. And she just walks over, sits down, puts one leg on a console, and just waits for him to start talking. He's looking down at what he's working on, and he's kind of frustrating. Looks up and looks at her and like, I'm going to fail. I'm close, but I just don't have enough time. And Aaron says, well, yeah, it's always time. Yeah time timing my lousy timing and then he like looks up and like timing it's about it's about timing it's timing he's like goes over to her, it's like love you kiss and then runs off and it, i love her look partially like oh he said he loved me but also the idea is like yeah yeah i knew exactly i didn't have to say anything yeah <laughs> barely anything kiss love you never change actually he says yeah yeah, which is nice. And so John's had a bit of a eureka moment now. I also liked it's always timing, and I was reminded of Einstein. Time is. Mm, mm. That's what I was kind of expecting as well. Like, where he was like, time, and she was like, mm, time, timing. I, I was expecting maybe a flashback to that of like, time is mm. time bandits. Time flies. But yeah, so he's run off now. He's gone to pilot's den. He's like, yeah, right, because, okay. Because he needs a second opinion on this plan. Yeah, or it's like, you're the smart guy here. Confirm this theory for me. Like, a wormhole is a disturbance in space-time. Before it opens, there's a pressure bubble. You can't see it, but it's there. Pilot says, yeah, no, I can, I can see it. Can't you? Uh, well, I, I, I kind of smell it, but you can see it. Also, the reveal, like, he can see it? Well, with Moya's, like, enhanced senses and so on, I, I suppose. Possibly, or just being a pilot. Yeah, pilots have more capabilities. Yeah, and John's like, oh damn okay you can see it right but anyway the bubble starts tiny and expands outwards and then when the bubble bursts the wormhole opens and there's like a little 1812 is actually projecting a hologram of mm-hmm. this and pilot says yes and john's like, okay follow me on this and tell me if you've heard this one before what if right at the apex of the bubble just at the, the point it's going to burst you go into the wormhole that should cause it to collapse like bursting the bubble yourself, causing the wormhole to collapse behind you as you go through it. So I go to the other side on Earth, wait for it to burst, get in just at the right time, and go through collapsing the wormhole. Yeah, and come out the other side, and then it will be closed and gone forever. And Pilot's like, that is brilliant, Commander. That's That works perfectly. Yeah, all the math lines up. But he says there's a slight problem. The timing required to puncture the bubble at its maximum radius and, you know, start the chain reaction is in the the millimicrons. So it's like millisecond, like, control. Mm-hmm. You know, and your coordination is lacking, and so you can't actually do that yourself. Yeah, even if your brain was fast enough to do that, your hand-eye coordination, the delay in that, hmm. is not is not sufficient. John says, like, okay, I'm not going to ask you for another favor, pilot, so I'm just going to beg. Yeah, it's like, the, he says really, really down, it's like, there's only one person I can ask. Pilot says, I'm sorry, Commander, there's nothing I can do. And so then Moya comes out of Starburst, uh, mm-hmm. their extended Starburst, and they've managed, they've got there ahead of time, they got to the wormhole. Good. Woo! Woof. And Dargo gives them congratulations, Pilot Moya, well done, rest up. 
Good job. Good job, everyone. Good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah, handshakes. Yep, yep. handshakes. And so we cut now to the maintenance bay. Actually, it's well, it's John working on his module, and it it opens. It's the close up shot of the IASA logo on the shuttle, mm-hmm. and then it pans up from that, which I I like that as like a little detail. Yeah, and it's John preparing his module for. Well, he mean he has to give it a shot. He might get lucky. Yeah, and Aaron comes in. And is like, I'm coming with you. John's like. Why? We might end up getting stuck on Earth. And we've only got one shot at this. Mm-hmm. But she's like, look, uh, Pilot explained this to me. Yeah, he's not optimistic. And yeah, we could get stuck on Earth, but there are worse places. Not if the Scarens get there. And Aaron just says, we'll have to do the best we can. So the two of them get close together. And John's saying, like, this is more of an emotional moment where he says, is this what you imagined for your life? Or what did you imagine your life would be like? Uh, service, promotion, retirement, death. You? John kind of looks at her a bit and he takes a moment and he looks, just looks into her eyes and is like, this is exactly what I imagined. And a couple of kids. And I'm like, John, John, about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> but I, I like that where he's like, this is looking at her directly in the eyes and like, this is exactly what I imagined. It's like, Oh, you oh, softy. Anyway. Mm, you little kids. <laughs> and so we cut to Pilot's Den. And uh, <laughs> coming up from underneath Pilot, yeah. Rigel is kind of squirming his way through. And he pops his head out. And he says, you know, I think you should do it. I like that Pilot says, but would you do it? No, but I'm not you. Rigel knows that he's, like, Pilot is a better person. And that yeah. he should do it because... He probably knows that Pilot will feel bad if he doesn't. Yeah, so Rigel's trying to appeal to Pilot to get him to help, even though Pilot said he couldn't do anything. So now we cut to the command carrier, and there's a big open room in the command carrier. Actually, I think it's where the hangar bay would be, but it's cleared out. Yeah. And there's a table in the middle, and Sikozu and Scorpius are on either side. It's like a dining, a small dining table. Yeah, it's a little, little, little romantic dinner for two. Yeah, kind of. And they're on either side, and Braca is there uh, helping, and they're sitting and eating. Braca says, very pleased to have you back aboard. Scorpius asks, well, is Grace not joining us? Braga says uh, she is having difficulty adjusting to her confinement and is under sedation. Oh, Oh, what a shame. Never mind. (laughs) Scorpius is saying, it's like, next time we encounter Crichton, uh, you should see to it that the older cook is brought aboard unharmed. He wants Naranti? I had that as well. What what does he want with Naranti? I think he likes her food. I think that's it's that simple. God, I didn't know Scorpius was that twisted. He likes Naranti's food? I thought I, he was bad before, but... Oh, yeah, no, oh. he's a real monster. Damn. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, we've been getting more familiar with him, and this is just to you know get us back into hating him again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he likes Naranti's cooking. Evil, evil man. Evil man. But uh, Brock is like, well, it's unlikely that we'll find them. But Scorpius says, no, I believe that Crichton may soon return of his own volition. His own volition, heavy air quotes. Mm. And so now we cut back to John in another room aboard Moya. Okay, this hit me. This hit this me. This hit me as well. And it's John with the thrilling, the tape recorder. We haven't seen the tape recorder since season one, I think. Nope. I think he had it in the first few episodes, but he never used it. But he was recording stuff to his dad. No, he did use it in the first season. Yeah, he used it in the first season, but a few times, and then we never saw it again. No, like, and they, it's the same thing. It looks identical. I checked, and he sits down, and he says, My name is John Crichton. I'm an astronaut. 
Four years ago, I got shot through a wormhole to a distant part of the galaxy. I ended up on a ship, this living ship, populated by escapee prisoners who became my friends. Yeah. So, like, it's it's the intro, but it's a subtly different one because now it's four years and he's a bit more casual in how he's saying it. Actually, if you listen to the opening of uh, this season, he says four years. Mm. He specifically mentions the four years. But even then, it's... This is the opening. He's recording, finally recording the opening. Yeah, oh. And that just hit me as like, oh, so that made it some, somehow final, that this finally gets its place. This is the kind of thing, I know that they did this as like a, a final thing for season four, but this, this kind of thing feels like the end of a season, the end of a series, you know. Yeah, I did. Where it's like, this is recording the opening narration, like, at the end, like, the final end, the, your last chance to get it in there. And it, it definitely feels like that sort of thing. So, yeah, that hits hard where you're like, oh, yeah, wow, okay, this is, like, that that aura of finality to it. Mm-hmm. But before he can get all the way through it, Harvey interrupts. Yes, and oh, does he interrupt. I was, you showed me a photo yes. at Easter at one point, and I was <laughs> yes. wondering when this was going to come. I, I tweeted to you, actually, this year and last year, at Easter, I tweeted, Happy Frelling Easter, with a picture from this scene, which is John and Harvey in pink bunny rabbit costumes. This is not from this scene. This must have been a set photo, because well, yeah, they're yeah, way yeah, too yeah. nice with each other in Yeah, that no, photo. that was a posed, like, set photo, obviously, but you know what I mean. Yes. But yeah, so it's... John and Harvey in pink, bun- big fluffy pink bunny rabbit costumes. Yes, and John's like, like, shut up, leave me alone. Wrestling to the floor, and I like that Scorpius. Like, it's so bizarre. This is a this is a festival about basically a saint that died and came back a lot to life, and this is how you celebrate it. And yeah, he's got like a basket with chocolate eggs, and it's like, what the hell is this? And John's like, shut up, leave me alone. And then he keeps interrupting him. John wrestles him to the floor. Says, do you want me to fail? What do you want? No, no, no. I definitely don't want you to fail. I don't want to live you to fail and live in the head that blames itself for uh, destruction of Earth. You know, again, like, listen to Scorpius and trust me, trust him. And John's like, how do you expect me to trust you? Well, it's like faith in a, in a way. Either <laughs> you do, in which case that's great. No, you don't. There's, I have the line in front of me. Go for it. Because it's a good one. It's like, either you believe, and so bunnies are unnecessary, or you don't. In which case, chocolate! And holds up a chocolate bunny at him. It's like, I... Oh, okay. And then we cut away. It's, it's good to see Harvey back in his loopy stage where he's been into John's head too long. Yeah, but it's like... So, okay. Either you believe that... God, it's a kind of a hard one to decipher. The thing is... What Harvey is basically saying is, look, you either believe me or you don't. There's nothing I can say that will convince you. You trust me or you don't, period. Ah, yeah. So either you believe me, and so all the extra bits like, you know, bunnies and the things, the frivolous stuff isn't necessary. Yeah. Or you don't. And let's just have chocolate. Yeah. So whatever. Mm -hmm. So, okay. But I'm like, damn it, Harvey. I kind of wanted to see John do the full spiel. Yeah, but... It works. I think it works. It does work, yeah. And so we now see John walking up to command. Mm-hmm. Dargo's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, okay, turn us around. I'm going to contact Scorpius. Chan's like half laughing, like, wait, what? And like, Dargo's like, are you sure what this is what you want to do? He's like, yeah, pilot, could we get into range? Chiana's like, what are you doing? I don't understand. Why would you sell your own people out? And she's like, no, you, you can do it. You can do this thing yourself. You don't need his help no i can't chiana i'm not alien enough not fast enough and so yeah there's they're arguing about it and then we actually before 
we don't really see a resolution, I don't think. Gianna eventually storms off, because she keeps insisting, like, you can do this. You have the ability. Just go for it. You don't have to sell your species out to the to the Sebations. Sorry, to the peacekeepers. But then we cut to back to the command carrier. Same scene as before, except this time. Well, Braca is off on the side in like the raised bit with like the glass looking into this this bay. Braca's watching. Yeah. Okay. So what what's happening here is Sukozu has a chain and has a back to Scorpius. A chain, and also at the end, it's like it splits in a few like leathery wraps. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scorpius is sitting down on the seat, and she sits down on top of him, and basically. They're, they're still like he's still wearing his usual costume. She's wearing her normal clothes, but she starts grinding on him there, yep. and she's like, mm. <laughs> and she's like, to victory over Scarron domination, she says, and he says to you and your bravery, and like he sucks on her finger. Yeah, and she's like, oh, for resisting the enemy. It's like no, for not resisting your friends and then he grabs the chain like goes round her neck pulls back and like ah for a brief second it's like oh she's killing him it's like no no red that's not that's not what they're doing no and he's got the chain around her neck and it's like mm, it's a it's a yeah remember the definition of this series is one american's journey into australia's bdsm scene yep. this is like the most blatant <laughs> of that and so brock is off at the side I, I looking on say, i want to reiterate what i just said there are two ways to take this scene with brock looking on one is brock likes to watch but the expression on his face i took it as brock wishes that was him on scorpius's <laughs> left <laughs> like damn it that should be me up there <laughs> there's a little oh bit like God, i God. i could see like resentment in his eyes <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> like, after all we've been through together. I don't... Remember when they met and, like, Scorpius puts, a, like, a kiss on his forehead and oh, yeah. some of the some of the crew were like, no, he should have gone in for a big open mouth kiss. <laughs> what I'm saying is I ship Brocker and Scorpius. <laughs> that, I had not considered that angle. <laughs> I just... I, it, it was his expression, which was kind of, like, stony-faced and, like, mm. I was like, yeah, you wish that was you, don't you, Brocker? <laughs> With the chain around your neck. I think the show was going for the fact, like, no, I should be the one who is close to Scorpius, but I like your version way better. Yeah. Well, it's kind of the same. Yeah, I should be the one who's close to Scorpius. In more ways than one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, yeah, that's had canon accepted. (laughs) Or just canon accepted. Like I said, you can take that scene either of those ways where he's, you know... Watching on and just like, mm, I don't trust her, but also just jealous as well. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that happens. <laughs> we cut back to Moya. We cut back to Pilot's Den, and Aaron is uh, with Pilot. Pilot's actually shaking a little bit. He's freaking out. And she's trying to calm him down. Says, okay, just, just relax. Just tell me what's wrong. And she grabs him by the face to make sure that she's looking him in the eye. And I like that again. It's like, right, you can do that because it's an animatronic puppet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I'm just gonna... Because this is one of the last times I'm gonna get to do this, I love... I love Pilot's puppet because I fully believe in him as a character. Yes, absolutely. There are hardly ever been any times where I've been conscious that I'm watching a puppet, you know, where the effects don't really work. I'm conscious of it once in a while, but the illusion works. Well, you know, yeah, you buy into it. You know, it's not like you see like somebody's hand underneath or something. No, no, no. And it's like, of course, if you look very closely, you can see, of course, that's material. We know this, but 
it's easy to go along with the illusion. Yeah, I'm not dumb. I know it's not real, you know. But <laughs> you know what I mean? You're immersed in it and you just mm. I buy into this character. Yep. It's like when, you know, if you ever seen like Kermit the Frog or like Elmo doing uh, interviews on like a red carpet, mm-hmm. right? And the performers are so good that like they're like down there like underneath the table or something. They're like right there. But the the people doing it like they they're looking into Kermit's eyes yeah. despite the fact that Kermit's eyes are ping pong balls. You know they're like, oh yeah, no, I'm talking to Kermit the Frog. He's real. Never mind. Yeah. There's a guy with a hand up his butt. You know, underneath the table. Or the fact I remember uh, John Boyega said this at some point when he just oh, yeah. started talking to BB-8 as he passed yeah, yeah, yeah. by, and it's like between scenes, it's like, yeah, how's it going? Okay, good. And then he's like, wait, hang on, it's what am I doing? <laughs> That's a puppet. <laughs> Yeah, but I just want to take a, maybe my last chance. Maybe we'll get some in Peacekeeper Wars. But pilot as a, like a practical effect is like my favorite thing about the show. It's yes. so good, and you like the amount of expression they get on his face with the animatronic eyebrows and yeah. the eyes and the mouth. It's it's so good. I think that's one of the most important parts for yes. that yes, character yes, yes, working. Yes. The face, like yeah. the arms, are very limited in what it can do, but the face is so ex- has so many expressions. Mm. So yeah, it, I just uh, from all this whole thing, like pilot is great, and the puppet work is top notch, which you expect from the Jim Henson company. And we're kind of at this point we're used to it, so I was like, I want to bring that up one yeah. last time before Agreed. we before we get done. And yeah, but so what's happening is that he's distressed because Moya and him have never been at greater odds. They disagree about something to a degree that they never have before. Like that it physically hurts. Yeah, and pilot says. To Aaron, I have not been entirely honest with Crichton. About being able to help him. Yeah. And so John uh, catches up with Rigel in the corridor. And uh, he says, like, oh, Pilot said it was you that turned you, turned him around. Yeah, he's John is very, very happy. And Rigel's like, well, do you want to pay me back? No, we'll see how this turns out. But And he run, runs away, but... No matter what happens, I love you. Love your scaly green ass or something that's, like that. Yeah, that's actually yeah. what he says. I love your scaly green ass. And Rose is like, hmm. And so we're in, on Pilot's Den. Everybody's there. And Pilot is explaining what he can actually do. So Moya is distressed about what they're about to do. And Naranti says, like, just ask Moya to be brave for us and we'll be okay. Yeah, because what Pilot can do, because her shuttles are basically made from the same material, Pilot could survive in a shuttle for an hour. An Arn. So they cut him out of Moya, put him into a transport pod, and then he can perform the calculations to close the wormhole. Yeah, he can fly the ship that closes the wormhole. But if they don't get rejoined within an Arn, or if they don't get rejoined you know, quickly, the neurological connections, they, they won't be able to put them back together. They basically scab over the wound that is left by them separating scabs over and they'll never be able to connect again. And Pilot will die alone. Yeah, and so that's this is a huge risk, and that's why Pilot didn't want to do it. But clearly, Moya, you know, the, being the big caring you know ship that she is, thought that you know you can you can help him. There are people that need to that you need to help, and it's it's that like Pilot's not a selfish person, but no. it's come up occasionally where he does have a self preservation sense, you know. Mm-hmm. And is not always going to take a huge risk like that. But Moya and the others have convinced him to at least let them know that that's a possibility. But at the same time, I actually thought that Pilot was was convinced by Rigel and that Moya was very against this maneuver. Because Pilot's like, yeah. he's always been the person that, in a way, that, that 
serves the others. Like he's prepared True, to actually, give a yeah. lot. An, well, he didn't. He wasn't prepared to give an arm at the start, but I'm pretty sure he would be prepared to give an arm right now. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good point actually, because it's not clear which way round the the argument is between Moya and mm-hmm. Pilot. I think it's the other way around because Moya doesn't want to lose Pilot. Yeah. Okay. I, the the thing is, like, I could buy either one. I think. Yeah. I think either one works, and I I don't think it matters. I like it no. more that it's Pilot's choice, that he isn't convinced slash coerced by the others. Yeah, yeah, and actually, narratively, that does flow, because like you said, Rigel convinces him, and then he's like, I'm going to tell them, and Moya's like, no, no, I don't want to lose you. I don't, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you know what, yeah, you know what, I buy that, actually, I'll... I'll say I'll go along with that one then. That makes sense. So yeah, John thinks like, okay, no, this will be fine. You'll we'll get you wired up again. It'll be be okay. But uh, like, no, if I die, I'll die alone. They give a little bit of weight to that sentence because yeah. it's like, yes, he's been connected to Moya for so long. He accepts that they will die together, and that not happening. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, and Stark actually says to Moya, "It's like, no, Moya won't be alone. Pilot will return, and I'm here. I can help." And Aaron says, like, right, we can put most life-sustaining systems on manual bypass. We're, we're going to be as ready as we can yeah. to do this. And Dargo and Chiana are below pilot, ready to cut the connections. And Dargo says, and I like that he says this, like, pilot, I need to hear this from you. And pilot says, Captain Dargo, I remand the ship to your control. You may cut me free. And so they begin pulling tubing and wires out. They're using like a, a, a burner or something to burn mm. the connections, I think. Yeah. And we cut back up, you know, Pilot is screaming in agony. Yeah. And then Naranti kind of runs down to Dargo and Chiana. It's like, no, stop, stop. It's not working. There's like a cut in between this. There's like, there is like a time has passed. I think, is it an ad break? It might be. I think it's an ad break. Yeah. And so we cut back in and like, but then Naranti runs down to Dargo and Chiana says, no, no, stop, stop. He, it's not working. He can't take it anymore i like that Jana says well yeah of course we're cutting him in half no that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about stark like, what and we cut back up and stark's like ah oh no so much pain too much pain ah Jana's like fine i'll go up there she comes up there slaps stark across the face it slaps him across the metal part of the face and there's like a ding yeah it's like uh uh and Jana just grabs and is like, what is the problem? It's like, oh, too much pain, too much, can't take it off, too much. Mm, it's, it's, it's going too fast, going too fast, can't keep up with it. And uh, yeah, Pilot is saying that while I'm gone, there are command sequences that must be done or the regulatory systems will fail. Yeah, because Stark just can't keep up with the speed that Pilot is typing this in. He can't keep up while well, the pain is also there. And Chiana said, but wait, you flew Talon, right? And he's like, yes, yes, I flew Talon. W- was Talon. I sat there. I flew Talon. Yes. But Pilot, four arms too fast. Can't can't get it down. Can't do it. And Chiana's like, fine. Okay, Pilot, can you slow it down for him? And they don't have the time for that. So Chiana says like, okay, just do it regular speed. I'll slow it down. And she sits on the other side of the console. And I forgot she could do this. Yeah, she hasn't done this in a while, but we know why. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and Stark's like, huh? Because I don't think Stark knows about nope. this. Stark hasn't seen this yet. And so Chiana uses her eyes to slow down time and watch Pilot put in the sequence. And so she does this. She sees all the buttons being pressed in the right order. And then her eyes turn white and she's blind. Yeah, and Stark asks, what What did you just do? It's like, I, <laughs> I did your job. <laughs> I figured it out. And I'm blind now. And Pilot's like, thank you, Chiana. So she knows the sequence and can direct Stark to do it. Yeah, and maybe help 
just by feeling. Uh, so then we see Rigel talking to Naranti saying, we're putting Pilot in the transport pod, but he doesn't look good. Naranti says, well, I gave him everything to numb the pain, to make sure that the connections stay fresh. And she's also like applying some sort of salve to the connections on Moya over here. But she doesn't think it's going to work that well. And Rigel's like, yeah, don't hold your breath. This isn't even one you could get odds on. Mm. And so we cut into the uh, transport pod, and we actually have Pilot in the transport pod behind the controls. Aaron and John are also in there with him. It must have been one hell of an operation getting that puppet into that oh, set. Oh, yeah. I almost wonder if they, like, took the set apart around him and built the other one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how modular that set is, but I would not be surprised. Well, actually, probably what they did was they had they took the pilot puppet out of the pilot's den and probably can, like, l- raise him up underneath... Mm. You know, because you have to have all the people underneath to work him. That's true. Anyway, they're all in there. Aaron is applying some cream to Pilot's nerve endings to keep them moist, you know, like Naranti was doing. But it's already drying up, she can see. Yeah, and uh, Pilot's not looking too good. They're approaching the wormhole and like, right, it's about to open. Hold on to something. We're going down. And uh, Dargo's calming them. like, the Scarons are less than an arm away. We've got to do this now. Yeah. Hurry up. So we get a shot, actually a really cool shot, from oh, the yeah. inside of the pod as the wormhole opens in front of them and they go in. Yeah, we see like the, the window at the front and as they dive in, you know, from we see it kind of from the back of the cabin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they go in and they disappear from Moya's view. And we have another cut, another fade, and we fade back in on... It's actually uh, the shot of the moon. And we cut, like, into the moon, and it's... Onto the moon. Onto the moon, sorry. But it's a solid piece of rock, right? Yes. And... (laughs) No, definitely. And we cut uh, onto the moon, and there is footprints. Astronaut footprints. And we pan across and pan up, and there's an American flag. Oh, I never realized that those were not John's own footprints. No, these are from the astronauts that were there before. Yeah, and John adds his own yeah and john's making his own footprints because the transport pod has landed on the moon mm-hmm. and aaron is tending to pilot inside john is walking around outside in his spacesuit and he goes up to the flag and there's a photo clipped onto the flag oh, yeah and it's a photo his dad put there of their family when he went to the moon and john looks at it, it's like oh dad you old softy and unclips it sentimental son of a bitch that's the line thank you yeah and he takes the photo and he's going to take that with it like he's gone to the moon and taking the photo that his dad left there yeah you know he'd gone to the moon just to look at it because they had just enough time to be on the moon for a sec yeah they're waiting for the wormhole to open again Mm -hmm. and he's looking up at earth in the sky a couple of points from earth just to get one last bit of science in here go for it props to them for not putting a bunch of stars in the background because if your camera is like the exposure is set low enough to see detail on the moon the stars will not be bright enough to show up ah. so that's why people are like well why are the stars in the photos on the moon because if you have the exposure set high enough to see the stars the moon would just be bright white yeah and the flag is like stiff yeah it's not waving and it, you can clearly see that there is a pole at the top yes to uh keep it propped up because a flag would just sag down otherwise because there's no yep. wind no wind and uh yeah and it's stiff and john pokes it and grabs the the photo off mm-hmm. and but the the well the the thing they get wrong is that the earth is way too big <laughs> but it's a dramatic license thing i'll allow it yeah it's fine it's like it's fine it's, for the shot to work it needs to be a bit bigger i'll accept that yeah no that's fine but he's looking up and 
Aaron's, you know, looking out at him. He takes the photo. Then we cut down to Earth and we see Jack Crichton. We see John's dad mm-hmm. uh, getting out of his car on the phone, telling the secretary of the UN, you know, somebody, yeah. like, there's no way 500 scientists are going to space with handguns strapped to their uniforms. No, you tell them I. that's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Make this go away, okay? That's not gonna. And so he puts he you know puts his mobile phone down, and he hears his, the phone inside the house ringing, and he's like, mm-hmm. "I'm coming, I'm coming." Opens the door, picks it up, and we see like a shot from the outside of like a window into the house, and he grabs the phone. And he's like, "Oh, it, it's also it's nighttime." Yeah, and and it's luckily it's one of those wireless house phones, and it's John calling from the moon. <laughs> he says, "Hey, Dad, it's me." It's like, "Where are you?" And he says, "Serenity Base." on the moon what are you doing up there why aren't you in earth orbit it's like it's murphy dad as in murphy's Murphy's law Law. yeah what can go wrong will go wrong Mm -hmm. but he says dad we've got a little problem the scarons have found earth and they're coming okay what can we do and at this point jack's out on the front porch like sitting down yeah looking up at the moon yeah john's like nothing i've got to do this What, what do you mean why do you have to do it you've done enough and john says i'm gonna seal the wormhole it'll isolate earth but it'll protect it. Well, how do we get into deep space? The old-fashioned way. Build a rocket. I've left technology and navigation information up here by the flagpole on the moon. And we we see, like, he's put the tape recorder yeah. down next to the thing. Just next to it. It's like, just come pick it up. That's what I like. Is like he's setting, like, a goal of, like, here's the navigation and technology data. But you have to go back to the moon and, you know, coordinate this. Mm. it's kind of a little bit of a test and it's also the fact that this is probably the only way john can do this in this time frame but i i do like the symbolism of it you're right and uh how long do we have says jack and john says no we don't have long well take us with you pop over here uh pick up all 500 of us come on just take us with you how long is it gonna take for Moya to get to earth like two seconds it's like no there's no time we're talking minutes here and jack says to john it's like he's getting more and more emotional it's like you Mm -hmm. know Earth's starting to come together. The UN now speaks for Earth on all space fronts. We're, we're collaborating. We're doing what you wanted. I like that right before he said, because John says, like, we have a few minutes. How do you want to spend them? Oh, yeah. No, sorry. That's a, that's a very important line. Yeah. That hit me. It's like, this is the last time we might talk. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? And I like that that's the first thing Jack starts with. Like, this work you set out, it's working. It's happening. Earth is coming together. And John, that's good. Keep it up. And Jack says, I was looking forward to going with you, boy. And John says, well, sometimes things don't happen quite the way you imagine. And then there's a long pause. And John's looking up at Earth. And we cut to his dad is looking up at the moon. Mm. And John says, give my love to Susan and Liv. And I'll contact you if I can. Jack responds, like, you tell my grandchildren about me, okay? Like, holding back tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And John says, like, hey, that's a no-brainer. They gotta know who my hero is. And then Jack says, like, you're gonna find when you have your own, you want them to surpass you. Be better, climb higher. I guess if that's the measure, I'm the greatest dad on earth. Hmm. And John says, I love you, dad. And God, God, the acting. Kent Mc- oh, Kent Mc- Both these actors, but Kent McCord again is fantastic oh. when he. at breaking. Yeah, this, this got me good, actually, yeah. to be fair. I'm not, I'm not too proud to admit that I was like welling up a little bit at this because it's it's very emotional and it's and it's really well acted and he says like with his voice breaking tears in his Mm -hmm. eyes it's like you're the heart and soul of my life son i love you and john just says goodbye and jack looks up at the moon and the phone call ends Mm -hmm. that's it oh that's oh that's heavy hitting that is (laughs) 
Yeah, and fantastic acting from both, especially from Kent yeah. McCord, actually. Especially Kent McCord, but if you also, you can see, because we only see close-ups of Ben Browder's face, but the way he, he works with his eyes and how he's restraining his emotions yeah. is also, yeah. also very good. Because mm. John's clearly, like, keeping it in because he needs his composure for a little bit more. Yeah, and it's just that, that visual of Jack Crichton sitting on his front porch, looking up at the moon while his son is looking up at him from there oh it's, it's really really good yeah and i like how it what they do with Jack's shot because it ends with just we've had a top shot top shot with jack looking up yeah yeah at the moon and it just zooms out pulls back like it's yeah you're right mm. pulls back like it's moving away from him yeah Whew. so with that scene over we now cut to uh moya and you know the scarons are approaching closer and closer and stark tells dargo it's like moya's two days to respond to anybody but pilot for navigation and dargo's like well the scarons will be here any second like we have to get out of the way and stark's freaking out and yeah and Gianna just shouts yeah oh no no oh, right when he because when dargo says uh, the scarons are gonna be here he's like oh no scarons 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 <laughs> no torture torture and he pu- pulls his robe over his face and Gianna just screams and he just pulls it back again i think i'm okay now <laughs> it's like okay stark and so we now cut to actually the inside of the scaron ship the the striker Mm-hmm. And we see Pennock talking, coming to Starleek, basically. It's like, the wormhole yeah. has reappeared. Crichton's Leviathan is nearby. It is not attempting to flee or defend itself. And Starleek basically says, ignore it. Just get into that wormhole and complete your mission. Get to Earth. Take out its defenses. And then <laughs> Pennock kind of ignores that a little bit because... <laughs> Well, it's... it's... Pennock takes the perspective of, we're flying past anyway, it's like two seconds to add a few laser blasts to the Leviathan to disable it. They they fly past, like, shoot Moya twice, which really badly damages, like, it gets gets crippled. Yeah, and they don't turn around to engage it again, it just goes straight through the wormhole. They basically do a strafing run and go directly into the wormhole. Mm -hmm. And so, oh crap, this is like, we're like down to like seconds now. Well, they're in the wormhole now, so... Uh-oh. So John and Aaron were back aboard the transport pod. John and Aaron wake Pilot up and like, okay, remember, this is what you have to do. Like, we're, we're getting ready to do this now. And Pilot's like, huh, huh, did I miss it? Did I disappoint everybody? No, 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 it's still not happened yet. Come on. <laughs> and so John and Aaron are getting ready. They're preparing stuff. And John looks at Aaron and says, you know, from the moment I laid eyes on you, I could never see the end. And Aaron responds, you know, the scary thing is... I always could. There's, there's like that dramatic pause. And then Pilot's like, I see the bubble forming, Commander. I'm beginning acceleration. It's like, okay. John starts counting down again in Spanish, as he yeah. does with wormholes. Like, wormhole in. Cuatro. Tres. Dos. Un. And then, like, the wormhole. And then the transport pod hits the wormhole as it opens. Like, it stretches out behind them as they, like, kind of go through, like, a film of, like blue like transparent and like snaps in yeah they hit the bubble at the exact right moment because out of nowhere they hit something from our perspective and then like it stretches behind them and they snap into the wormhole and then it's traveling and there's like big like a big wake behind them in the wormhole. yeah it's like white wake that's following them as they go through the wormhole yeah and then they're traveling through the, and they see the scarons coming the other way it's like scarons and they're like we're gonna hit them and then, oh, I, I dug this kind of callback mm. as well, because they phase through them, like with the um, the Pathfinder ship, that's it. Yeah. And they, they phase through, we actually see them, like, the ship, like, phase through each other, and, like, down the middle, we see Aaron and John and Pilot, like, come through the ship. Mm-hmm. That was very lucky of them that that 
happened to happen just now hmm? well i feel like that's that's something that apparently happens to ships in wormholes because it happened to them before with the pathfinder ship that's true that's why i'm like it's not just oh it's a thing that you can make happen it seems to be a property of wormholes and they got screwed up because they got crashed out while they were halfway into something Mm. this they like stay in the wormhole and face through each other but what that means is that the the Scarron ship runs into the wake behind the transport pod and is just obliterated. Yeah, because they, they do get to send off a man- message like, Crichton has sabotaged the wormhole, it's gonna... And then it just disintegrates. Yeah. I was like, whew! For a second there I was afraid that the Scarrons might get through before it closed. Which, like, I could Earth take a striker? I don't know. It might be difficult, but I think they could. But they would suffer some heavy damage first. Yeah, on a planetary scale. And so they they drag the wormhole behind them and they like pop out the other side and the wormhole dissipates and is gone. And the door to Earth has been closed. And I like that as they come out, it has a new, f- like, a flash we haven't seen before. Just flash. And the blue is, like, covering the entire uh, screen for us. Yeah. Like, the dissipation is wide. And then we fade away. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we are actually on a planet. It's a big ocean, and Moya is resting like half in, half out of it. I thought she couldn't survive in Atmo. Oh, well, no, she came down in Atmo. Remember season one in Chlory with the IET? Yeah, that, and, that, and that was incredibly dangerous last time. Well, this time they landed in like an ocean, so maybe it's... Actually, fair point, because they aimed for water last time. That might be enough for her to be like, yeah, I can survive. And this is maybe some kind of restorative thing that is what gets mentioned a little bit later yeah and so uh we cut inside stark is stroking pilot's hand they were able to reconnect him and he's saying you did a good thing today float on memories and time will heal your wounds the goddess you know rewards people who do good things that little mention of the goddess i'm like ah zan's influence is still around yeah that that was nice and he then says but do know that i was your worthy successor and as everything was going wrong up here i i piloted the ship to safety and Rand just comes up sprays him with some mist and he's like repeats the thing that he said yeah exactly float on memories and perhaps time will heal your wounds and yeah. pilot's like thank you and he's like yes dargo has released the the fluid pumps at the bottom of moya so she won't flood and the minerals in Kujaga's sea will soothe you and so yeah they're they're resting up on a, on this planet and so we're now up in command with rigel and chiana and dargo and dargo yeah and chiana's eyes are still white rigel says how many fingers am i holding up and i do like that she's able to just bite on his hand and he's like hey what the hell it's like Ugh. and dargo comes and is like okay okay break it up break it up and it's like no it's, it's not going away my i'm still blind i'm I'm going to be this way forever. I'm, it's finally happened. Durin and lean heads into each other and just like, look, the diagnosis on this planet nearby we found, that's the first thing we're visiting when once this all is blown over. And so then Rigel is looking out the front uh, view screen and we see out on the water, a little bit away from Moya, there's a small rowboat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming Eren got in that rowboat? I feel like that's probably something they picked up on planet, you know. I don't think they had a rowboat stashed away somewhere in Moya. That's true, actually. I forget that this does not have to be only ocean. No, there's probably some land around somewhere. Like I said, there's a diagnosis nearby, so... Mm. there's probably something and so they they're in a boat and we cut out to them and john holds up a coin and saying you know a year ago we let a coin make our decisions for us and aaron's like not not again and john throws it up again it's like call it and she's like looking like what no 
and then it flips up and up and up and she doesn't call it and it drops in the water. We also get a flashback to that scene where it happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you were right, actually. It clearly shows Aaron looking up at the coin and John just staring yep. back yep, at Aaron. Yep, yep, yep. But I, I like the kind of... It's a little bit of a fake out where it's like, okay, call, call it. Uh, it's like, John, you, John, you son of a bitch. And then it just goes, bloop. Like, ah, it scared okay. Aaron. It scared the bejesus <laughs> out of Aaron, you dick. He's all about the kind of dramatic statements i guess i guess it's true you know they're sitting down the boat and he grabs her hands he's like "Aaron, i i have a question she says can i go first all right sure okay when we were on the command carrier i saw a surgeon to look what the scarons might have done to me the stasis on the fetus has been released so i'm having a baby he says you okay she's like "Mm -hmm. yeah i'm fine and the baby it's yours. I just wanted to tell you. I hope it doesn't change anything. <laughs> it's like, ha- I don't want to be rude, Aaron, but I think it does. And John's like, uh, 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 well, that that changes everything. And I do love that the thing when when the first thing he asks her is, "Are you okay?" He doesn't care about anything else. Are you okay? Yeah, that that is nice. But he's like, yeah, no, it changes everything. And she's looking at him like. Oh crap. Oh, what have I said? Oh no. Is this bad? And he stands up and throws his arms out. It's like, we're going to have a baby. Yeah. We're baby. having a baby. And we cut in. We cut into Moya. I love this. Chana's like, what's happening? I can't see. And Dog is like, uh, John seems like he's really angry. <laughs> he's shouting about something. I just... Yeah. And John's like, also, I love that he's also like, screw you just looking up at the galaxy it's like we're having a baby whatever you've thrown at me we're still having a baby screw you we're getting this and then it sits down Aaron's, Aaron's like sit down you're gonna rock the boat you're gonna throw us overboard and it's like are you okay it's like yeah yeah are you happy uh, yeah and then she's like, what was your question <laughs> he's like um oh god um okay okay he gets down on one knee and we cut back to the rest of them and then Daga's like He's gone down on his knees. Rigel's like, I think he hurt himself. (laughs) (laughs) I love they can add this comedy bit to the dramatic moment. It's pretty funny. But then John says, will you marry me? And he's got a ring. It's the ring that that his sister gave him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his mother's ring. Mm -hmm. Ah, yes. And Aaron nods and smiles, big smile, and says, yes. It's also that she has, again, Claudia Black's acting. She knows this character so well. Because there's that overwhelmed face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron's like, yes. It's like, she's happy, but also, like, she's overwhelmed by all of this. And so, yes, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then they hug, and we cut back to the rest, and they're like... What's 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 he doing? And Rachel's like, oh, I, I think the boat's sinking. <laughs> yeah, and they, John puts the ring on her finger, and she, she comes sit on the same bench as him, and they kiss. And then we cut back, <laughs> and Dargo's like, some sort of ring that he put on her finger. And Chiana's like, oh, what? Didn't you any of you watch those Earth movies? Crichton just proposed. And Rachel's like, proposed what? Marriage. And Dargo's very happy. Dargo's smile is fantastic on that because he's like, ah, oh, yeah, you two kids. But Rachel's like, marriage? Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, John and Aaron are kissing 
and they're very happy. Oh, it's such a fantastic, beautiful ma- moment. And, and then the episode ends, and that's that's the end of the episode, right? That's, that's not that's, what that's happens. It. Hats, we let's have be happily here. ever after. That, there, no, the there, episode ends. No, there is there is something after that. No, there is something yeah, after okay, that. Okay. So a ship comes flying in, a single like fighter craft. And Argus like, get in, get inside, quick! There's something coming in. And, and John's like, well, are you kidding me? I'm on a rowboat. It's like, ah, start rowing. <laughs> And we cut into the side of this ship, and there's an alien in there with lines all down its face in like cube, like 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 a crisscross like cube pattern. Yeah, it's like it's segmented. Yeah, and and speaking to a voice, and it's like tracker scouts were correct. One leviathan partially submerged. Two invaders exited the ship. Request orders. And Chian, and we cut to Chian. It's like, are they gonna make it? And Dargo's like, get in, get in now. Ah, ah. He's shouting very hard. It's like, get in now. Get over here! And they're trying, and back inside the ship, it's like, do you have targeting acquisition? Positive, no armaments. And his face just opens up! His face opens up! Like, two, like, where his eyes are, like, like, they swivel out, and there's, like, a third eye inside that's all, like, goopy, and... It's at that point you realise, this is not a stiff actor, this is a puppet! Oh, God, the, the puppet work on this was actually so good that it took me a second. I was like, is this... No, that, that that's just makeup, and then the head splits apart. You're like, oh no, it isn't. No, that's that's a puppet. Okay, and so the thing comes flying over. It says neutralization beginning, and Dargo screaming like, hurry up! Aaron holds John's face and says, you and your timing. Yeah. He says, I love you. They kiss. The alien ship swoops down, shoots at them. Dargo's screaming. It looks like they're encased in amber. I'm like, okay, good. So they're captured in that case, for and the then next they and- shatter into a million pieces. Bu- what? Several yeah. pieces falling into the water. They dissolve. And Dargo is like this anguished, like God. really, really hurt yell. Anthony Simcoe, oh. damn. He puts all of his emotion behind it. And Chiana is holding on to him. There is another shot earlier that I also love. Because we get a shot from above the boat. And you can see their two pulse pistols in mirrored position. Like yeah. exactly the angle, the way they're set. They're exactly mirrored under that debris, and I love that image. And then, like, the final shot, we see, like, we zoom in on this, and there's, like, the crystallized remains, and sticking out of the mound is John's mother's ring, and it zooms in, and it holds on there, and then it just comes up to be continued. That's the end of the episode. That's the end of season four. And until Peacekeeper Wars, that was the end of Farscape. I mean... (laughs) The Bulls are still putting To Be Continued in there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's hard to say the end at that point. So, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Peacekeeper Wars is coming up. I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. (laughs) They get better. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like, yes. They get better. Okay. Looking, like, at, looking at this DVD, I can clearly see Ben Brown and Claudia Black yeah. on the front. <laughs> the so yes, has I, them on it. Yeah. They get better. But holy shit! Like what? What an ending for that! Like, I, I, I was like, I, I was anticipating this because I did, I did know this was how it ended, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know how Red's gonna react to this. Either he's gonna be like, "What the hell was that?" or just find it hilarious. <laughs> second option, it was because I was looking at this like, "Wow, that's one hell of a quarter to write yourself into for a three-hour movie." <laughs> Like, if they'd just been captured, that's easily to gloss over at the start. But it's like, they're in millions of pieces. How do you go from there? Like, a season works, but you only have three hours. Yeah, and like, this will, this will make uh, the second time that Aaron has died. Good point, actually, yeah. So that's fun. 
And this version of John, I think, uh, unless you count the bit where he got split in two as a death, this would be his second death. But I mean, this version of John is this. Oh, it's after death. that. So, but yeah. John, but John's total <laughs> died <laughs> two or three, depending on how you uh, count the original John. <sighs> so yeah, okay, that was bad timing. Man, a lot of emotional things in this episode. Like, um, out of nowhere ending. Like, first of all, who the hell is the guy with the head splitting open? What is that all about? I'm assuming that's that's somebody for season five. That's never going to come but up. Actually, you're, you're, you are correct. That's something they would have followed up in season five. We'll see how they see if they get to it in Peacekeeper Wars. Who knows? I think they're going to gloss over that detail. That's probably the easiest to jump over. Also, the, that puppet guy... That was actually voiced by Ben Browder. Oh, that's cool. And the uh, the guy who was giving orders to him was the first assistant director, Michael Ferranda. So oh, that's, <laughs> that's, cool. that's kind of fun. Yeah, wow. Okay, so let's set aside the ending just for a bit and talk about what we thought of the rest of the episode. I really liked it as an ep- as a final episode. Like, yeah. Had this been the ending of Farscape, which it was for a while? It was, yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that it, it ends with To Be Continued, this mm. could have worked as an ending. I know you tend to like that. Remember we, when we talked at the end of season three, like leaving the coin up in the air, you said it would also make a good ending. Yeah. Because I, like, it's in, it's incredibly a depressing ending. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah I, if, if they weren't doing Peacekeeper Wars, I would have been kind of ups, more upset with that as an ending because, because, like, yes, it's dramatic. Yes, it's depressing. But there's an there's this whole arc of four seasons that's gone on, and right, you did it. It's it's. We'll go back to the the Dungeons and Dragons example, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you get to the end of the quest, you've gone on a bunch of personal growth. You know, you you're closer with your allies, and maybe you formed a relationship with some, and you defeated the bad guys, and you got what you wanted. Then the DM says, "Rocks fall, everyone dies." <laughs> Yes. How would you feel as a player in that situation? I mean, I'd ra- I'd rather go out dramatically than rock okay. falls. Yeah, but you, you are right. This is a rock fall scenario. Rock fall, everybody dies. That's yes, that's because it's an it enemy that we don't know. Like I, <laughs> I, I know that they follow it up and it, it, they sort it out in Peacekeeper Wars, which is great. That's why I'm saying, like, okay, let's ignore that for now. The rest of the episode, very emotional, very heavy, like John and leaving Earth behind. And Mm -hmm. finally, like, accepting that his life is here with no going back. Because before then, he could have popped back to Earth. Yeah, he had the option of going through the wormhole. And now he he had to choose between the two, basically. Yeah, and he chose a life on this side to to protect earth and he needed to be there to help pilot to do this so this isn't something where he could have you know stayed on earth and then somebody else could have closed the wormhole he needed to be there to help true and also you know he didn't need to he did need to risk himself to do that as well i like though that remember before when like there was a choice between like Aaron or earth mm-hmm. and now in this it's like wherever he went he was with Aaron in this episode yeah. So wherever he ended up, if he got stuck on Earth, or if he made it back through, he was with Aaron. Where he was uh, was the choice, not who he was with. Which I, I like that because we move beyond that that decision. But the reason it's not just the fact that it ends in such a dramatic way and it 
it ties up a lot of things because it ties up a few things. There's a few things it doesn't tie up. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Peacekeeper Scarin war that's brewing. That's still happening. Yeah. The whole wormhole angle. It's like, is anybody going to get wormholes? How screwy is the galaxy? That's not clear. But what I like is if you go throughout the episode, and I was paying attention to this the second time, everybody gets at least one scene that basically says this is this character. Yeah, and in order to get what in order to close the wormhole, a lot of sacrifices have to be made. Yeah. Pilot comes very close to losing Moya mm-hmm. and being separated from her. Chiana loses her sight. John has lost his only way back to Earth. And there's also the fact that Everybody pitched in. Yeah. Jenna gave up her sight to cover up for something that Stark couldn't do. Rigel convinced Pilot to go along because he's the diplomat in all these things. Jenna's the dead mother, that, which also means that she talked to John. It's like, no, you do not need Scorpius. You can do this yourself. Yeah. I trust in you, and you should trust in yourself. Naranti is the caretaker, taking care of people afterwards, whenever things are done. Stark was a nut job. But Stark was able to work the controls to some extent. He didn't... Yeah. Aaron in this episode was more like, I guess, emotional support and like a sounding board for John. I put Aaron and John separately from the rest because we have Pilot doing self-sacrifice, which he's done throughout the series. He's always been the person like, it's my job to take care of you all. Mm. Dargo being both the captain and emotions. Like the last few minutes, he goes through everything. And it shows that this is Dargo. He is a man of emotions, both joy and anguish are enormous. And our lovely couple, John and Aaron, it's just the way they work together now. How well they connect. Which I like a lot. Also, oh, something I forgot to mention. When the final credits, when, when the, when the mm. episode ends, yeah. uh, there's usually, you know, ending credits music. This time it's just entirely silent. It's only the wind over the ocean. Yeah, a little bit. And then in the ending sequence where you see Moya fly past, you hear like, Whoom, and that's it. There's no music. I found that a very good choice. Yeah, but definitely. So, shall we put a rating on this episode? Sir? Yeah, I'm going to be very easy. Yeah. I think it's going to be five out of five. I would go along with that. Even with this ending, and I think it gets mitigated because it gets because I mean, it gets fixed. <laughs> but I, I, I've said it about... Almost every season ending, I love how it it leaves stuff open. <laughs> and it puts a cliffhanger so you want to you have to tune in. Yeah, but it can work as an ending to a season. And I'm trying to think what the theme of this season was. Because I think it's John in some way. I think it's home is where the heart is. And a little bit of responsibility, because that's also what John has. Like, you have this knowledge now. What, you are responsible for a lot of things. Earth's progression... The the Scarons, the Peacekeepers, you need to hold... Like, he's at the start, as Einstein says, like, he'll have to, he'll have to hold out until help arrives from the Ancients. Yeah, it's also... I think it's... When, so when I say, like, home is where the heart is, right? It's basically part of him realizing... Being, being able to let go of Earth because his heart is with Aaron. And so that's what home means to him. Mm. And, and, and realizing that and being able to sacrifice... what he's wanted like his entire goal throughout most of this show has been to get home but now as we've talked about before he loves Aaron and they are together they are a couple and that's what he cares about and he he like he explicitly says it um in an earlier episode where he says like earth whatever it's you talking about Aaron because you know his goal this whole time has been to get home but he's the true prize was the friends we made along the way. 
But it kind yeah. of is like he's that goal was because that's where everybody he cared about was. Except now, four seasons in, that's not true anymore. Nope. And and the person he cares the most about is right next to him, is by his side, and so getting to Earth now is secondary. And also, he got back to Earth. Like he yeah. got what he wanted, and he he couldn't go back in a way. And then he's realizing that what's more important to him going being able to go back to Earth or being with Aaron, and the answer is Aaron. Mm-hmm. And so it's like home is where the heart is, and realizing where his heart truly lies, and that's Aaron. That's what I think the, the theme of this season I, four has been. Let's go through this, but I think you are absolutely right. Yeah. So let's go through these episodes. Crichton kicks. So Crichton kicks is like him by himself, and it's true because he he reminisces about Aaron a lot. Yeah, know? he can't stop thinking about Aaron. What was lost? That was yeah, getting the rest of the crew back together. Mm-hmm. But again, he was still distracted. He was like, "I don't care about this. I'm still distracted by Aaron." And then part two of that, uh, Lava, yeah, same thing, same again. And Lava is a many splendored thing. I, the, I think the fact that Aaron wasn't in the first few episodes, yeah, actually made it more clear that how much he missed her yeah because remember he was acting off for a long time especially once yeah. he started taking the poppers remember mm-hmm. and that was a deliberate thing because he that was how badly he was being affected by his feelings about aaron well i mean promises is the re- being reunited and that's a very clear thing natural election then we find out about aaron it's aaron's pregnancy and you know mm-hmm. everybody finds out about that you know it's bringing those issues to the forefront and the fact that, yeah, the ho- the home is where the heart is. That home is getting even more concrete with the child. Yeah. John Quixote is a bit of an odd, an odd one out, really. True. But uh, that's that's diving into... Well, that's kind of like saving the princess. But actually, no, it was Stark's game, so it was the other princess. <laughs> it, it, that one's much more of a, just a fun episode. Yeah, true. Um, I shrink, therefore I am. Ah, right. That's when kind of the poppers come up again. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see... Uh, that's yeah, protecting everybody. Protecting everybody, like they do in a lot of episodes. The perfect murder. Oh, right. That's when, yeah, Aaron gets caught by the bug that lets her... That's, remember, I remember that's when John kind of stops taking the poppers for a bit. And Mm -hmm. we see him kind of come out of that shell and start to protect Aaron and, like, care for her a little bit more. And despite what she did, he doesn't care. He still cares yeah. about her then coup by clam i feel that was just a fun episode yeah that one didn't have a hot i think we talked about like that was just like plot mostly that wasn't mm-hmm. motion. i mean unrealized reality kansas terra firma that's pretty clear yes definitely especially terra firma yes and it's how john like can't really fit in anymore yeah and that's when he realizes that home isn't earth anymore yeah and th- that he's changed and earth has changed and so they don't really, they're not as compatible as he thought. Mm. Like, what happened to the man who got what he wanted? Turns out it wasn't what he wanted or yeah. what he needed. And then Twice Shy is the, uh, oh, right, taking the emotions from people. Oh, right. That was a cool episode. I don't think it fits into the home where the heart is. Though, in a way, it was a fun examination of all the characters. Yes, which... and some of which, Chiana was the problem there, but because they got that wrong, remember? Yeah, agree. Uh, mental as anything. That's like mental training. That that was a Dargo episode. Yeah, that was very much a Dargo episode. It did deal with family and uh, where your home is, though. It's it's like a sidetrack to the main theme. Right, so bringing home the beacon, the rest of the, the female crew get the stuff to... That That's them basically going on a mission, so I don't think that necessarily but fits the, either. The end of it, 
is very clearly about John and Aaron. Ah, yes, because good point. He, good how point, yeah. how well he knows her at that point, how connected they are, how much of home it is, he immediately susses out that something is wrong. And so, Constellation of Doubt, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, that's like John dealing with Aaron being captured, and how badly that affects him. And again, mirroring it towards Earth. And he's kind of shares the the opinion of some of his crewmates that earth isn't ready and that they're kind of being really dumb about this with mm-hmm. those things prayer you know john and scorpio go to bizarro moya how far is he prepared to go yep or to to get her back then we're so screwed so part one is about rescuing aaron and once aaron is rescued in that point from that point on they become the couple working together yep and so that that's solidified and then it's scorpius's plot and machinations that get to go back for him and then it's about what he wants and then we're here at bad timing and it's about yeah i've decided that this is my home moya aaron all of that that's where i belong and i have to do this to protect earth and yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think home is where the heart is, and just the relationship between John and Aaron was the theme of this uh, this season. I remember we I talked about this before, but like, um, if we ignore themes for a second, it's like season one and two were John's story, like pretty much exclusively. Mm. There were bits and pieces of other people in there, but it was mostly about how John is dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Season three was Aaron's story. I remember yep. we talked about this at the end of season three. Yeah, Claudia Black very clearly mentioned that as well. Yeah, so season four is John and Aaron's story. Yeah, I like that angle as well. Much more so than it has been previously. It's about you know them finally getting together, the discussions about the baby, you know, denying their feelings, accepting their feelings, becoming a couple, you know, getting asking to marry, and then being shot into pieces. Anyway, <laughs> like you do with every any, every good do. marriage. I mean, oh yeah, clearly, like they were both very emotional. As you know, he asked her to marry him, and they both fell to pieces. So. <sighs> <laughs> okay so dun, 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 dun. well that's it from us today uh thanks for listening this is usually where i'd ask you what's up next week but uh, well okay so all right we but like we said five out of five and yeah this hit me hard for a number of reasons being emotional stuff between john and aaron and john and his dad but also the opening bit of like yeah we've come a long way yeah we're nearly done with this podcast like that hit me as well like this being the final episode of the series with the miniseries still to come makes me realize, like, yeah, now the end come becomes very tangible of this podcast. This is we're into like <laughs> technically like this is the end, and now we're into bonus time, you know, bonus yeah. round almost. <laughs> this is the new game plus extra stuff. At the end. <laughs> this is uh, this is like the DLC, right? Yeah, like, actually, yeah, yeah, the yeah, the DLC. So yeah, right. So we are taking a one week break, as we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we come back from that break, we will be doing Farscape Peacekeeper Wars, the mm-hmm. miniseries that continued after much fan outcry when after Farscape was cancelled. You know, a lot of a lot of people cite you know Firefly and Serenity as being an example of that, but this is basically the same deal. You know, it got cancelled ahead of time. To be fair, this one got four seasons before that happened. Firefly got less than. True. Yeah, that's that's fair. But it got cancelled ahead of time, and the fans demanded and like campaigned and they got enough you know support to, to get peacekeeper wars to to wrap up as much as they could and so that's what we'll be talking about when we come back we're just taking one week off not two like we do between seasons mm-hmm. and that will be 
more than one episode. That would be... It's, it'd be two, three, maybe four. <laughs> yeah. We, we will figure it out as we go. But yeah. uh, so we're taking that break. We need that break, definitely. Oh, God, um, yes. But yeah, so thank you for listening to this week's episode. And okay, we're almost there. A few more episodes left and we'll be done. We'll see if we do like a big wrap up or something. It depends how much time we have left on yeah. certain episodes. But as we're signing off for a one week break, I will say thank you to everybody who's been listening so far. And thank you to Red for going through season four with me. It's the last season I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> well, fine. <laughs> Just a mini series. I-, I could accept that, but no more seasons. No. But uh, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. It has been a pleasure to do season four of Farscape. And it's been mm-hmm. a pleasure to do this podcast. And we will be back for Peacekeeper Wars after our one week break. So stick around for that. Right, that's it from us this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, sticking with this podcast through season four. Uh, we'll be back soon. Until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at Hats and Red. At RedNimer7. Go to CarnwellHats.co.uk for previous episodes and RSS feeds on iTunes. And we're nearing the end, but still, you know, leaving a, a rating and review on iTunes does still help us out. Uh, a lot if you feel that way inclined i mean it helps the people who show up at the end and then can yeah. just binge watch the whole uh, listen oh, to the whole yeah, thing you can binge listen even, to this even, almost. After, even afterwards mm, like mm, still this helps. is true anyway so don't forget there's also the patreon which has supported this podcast patreon.com slash can't wear hats right that's it from us we will see you in two weeks time because we're taking that break mm-hmm. uh but that's it from us goodbye for now goodbye, goodbye. Okay, hats, we need to be absolutely certain that foolproof we get to Peacekeeper Wars, right? Yeah, definitely taking no chances. Yes, exactly. So, I've devised the perfect plan. Right. We go into these cryopods, okay. we launch them into space at right. that wormhole. Well, okay, well, how are you going to make sure that we'll get there on time? Simple. These are the three things we did between seasons combined, so any drawbacks from one should be mitigated by the advantage of the other, I think. Okay, okay, I, I, I think I follow. Um, all right, I guess we'll just, have to give it a try, sure. Yeah, just get in your pod, okay, get in yeah, mine. Get in we, should mine. Be, yep. we should be there in two weeks. Okay, uh, I guess launching the pods now. Wait, wait, the sign next to that one box says it's scheduled to be demolished soon. Oh, crap. Oh, no.